everybody and welcome to a last last ride fever checking how you feeling Friday strong haunting episode of the brothers of discussion we're going to talk everything from the undertaker's goodbye wwe's pathetic covid testing uh process dig into the speak out movement the hashtag speak out movement and lastly as always make some time for these wednesday night wars but matt before we do it's hot, it's spicy, it's professional wrestling. Matt, how are things over in the Casa de Matt? Uh, they're doing pretty good. Matt could, you know, he wouldn't mind a job at this point. It's... Overrated. It's been quite a long time. Um, yeah, we got birthdays to celebrate. We got a uh, big day tomorrow. Uh, quick plug for our hockey podcast. Uh, we got a uh, draft lottery coming up tomorrow. So Woo! if you're an NHL fan, you want to pay attention to that. Um, let's right. see. You'll probably be listening to this Friday morning, so it'll be later tonight. Uh, what else? Everybody find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com and BrothersofDiscussion.com. You can find us on Twitter at BODpodcast. You can find us on Instagram a joint Instagram account of both the Detroit Red Wings podcast and Pro Wrestling Conversations at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. A couple of quick points here we like to point out. On anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion, you can support the show. And uh, I'm playing with it right now, everybody. Uh, if you support the show, that's how I can start to upgrade everything that's going on here from my end. Um, as we've been doing from time to time. Uh, little upgrades like, uh, like, uh, making sure I've got Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler behind me can happen through my wallet, but, uh, if you appreciate our work, I, we appreciate the give back, so that's all we're asking for, uh, it's just, uh, maybe a little, a little something, something. But, uh, Speak, also... Speaking have... of upgrade, you can get me another water bottle so I can have my hair as nice and wet as The Undertaker when he's in Gorilla. Yeah, I... I... See, we're supposed to go, like, you know, I've got, now I'm going to do, like, some cool Photoshop stuff. Cool. But, you know, yeah, or Mike could have wet hair. So, you know. Looks pretty good. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, whichever one you guys want on that one. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Let's put up a Twitter poll. We also have, um, where was I? On BODpodcast.com at the top bar if you're looking for some CBD products. We do have a link where you can buy two, get one free from CBD Medic. And if you click on that link and use that code, you'll be supporting the show because uh, they'll notice that it was a Brothers of Discussion purchase. So if you are looking for CBD products uh, and you want to support the show, that's the best way to get not only a discount, but then you give back to your Brothers of Discussion. All you have to do is click on that link at bodpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com. And of course, that best way to support the brothers of discussion i'm looking at all those family members and friends that are yet to do so you should set up an apple podcast account and subscribe rate and review the show you can also do the same for us uh, in regards to subscriptions on youtube to find our brothers of discussion channel where we are posting the full videos every week and i i greatly appreciate the kick up we saw in views this past week on both our shows 
So thank you so much for everybody that's watching on YouTube. Uh, and hi to you now. So hopefully you're a regular viewer at this point. All this, right. This for you. <laughs> I just got to be careful with that one. Uh, all right, Mike. We've got... Uh, Shit. As fun as it is to do uh, Undertaker impressions by putting a robust amount of water in your hair. I wish that the sound was coming up on the mic for the little spray bottle. Just that little... For the fush, fush, fush. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of adds to the effect over here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a self-pop ski, but you guys can't really enjoy it because this is the quietest spray bottle I've ever had. But... Speaking of spray bottles, uh, COVID is uh, just like a water bottle spray attack on the entire roster. Apparently, uh, I guess that they're not—they're just—they're they're just now testing. Yeah, I don't—I don't know. Um, it's so—it's so tough, right? Because we're going off reports from—I um, don't know—outlets that we already don't trust. So now. Now we're going to sit here and, and say... Nothing like third-party news. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I see so you have a little, true, right? a little it's, beverage over there. What are you yeah. drinking? I have my brown sugar bourbon that was left over from... Um, you know, this might be two Christmases ago. But Ooh. it's kept in the freezer, <laughs> and it's also bourbon, so it's not going to go bad. Uh, brown sugar bourbon with a cinnamon Coke thought that would be a perfect wow. pairing yeah that sounds good it's uh it's hella good i <laughs> i don't i can't remember the last time i said hella but uh god damn if this isn't hitting the spot i hope that's the last time this is a super mario flavored beer uh from pigeon hill brewery brewery <laughs> this is a strong beer it's, it's made they, from pigeon hill brewery that's where they brew them view them it's from a, the shifting sand bubbles so as you twirl the can you can see them hopping along oh that's um, nice but i don't I, know uh, does that sound appealing? It's just a classic IPA. I I mean I love IPAs. I uh I am really distracted right now because I realized I put uh, I put my laptop in the wrong position where I had my notes closer to the camera, so I couldn't look at you. It's uh, it's, it's done. It's it's, it's all, all fixed. fixed now. All right. So do I like IPAs, Mike? You know I love IPAs. Uh, that was my Christmas present this year. Um. So it sounds Still. like we're a little distracted, uh, which I think is what was going on with the people who were supposed to be doing the COVID testing at WWE. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm just, just, yeah, I, I'm literally at a loss for words because this company has not only just, you know, what we're gonna we're gonna keep going even through COVID. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep wrestling. We're gonna keep putting the show on. And then they put on this this big display that's clearly just for us, where there's you know they install hockey boards around the ring. Uh, I guess that's visually supposed to make us feel like WWE gives a shit about the health of their employees. Uh, but I mean, they're all kind of corralled in these pig pens right. of COVID disease. No protection. Nobody's wearing masks. Nope. It's it's just chaos, Matt. I don't know if it's gonna make us watch the product. Uh, any less, <laughs> but it, it's just another notch in the why. Why do I still watch this company? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, we're gonna talk about another issue in pro wrestling in general here in a second. Uh, we're gonna touch on the more, you know, the more recent matter. We we definitely aren't gonna say the more pressing matter because I would 
Definitely, I don't know. It's hard to say which one's more pressing. Is it um, toxic uh, fandom, or is it uh, the the company that uh, you spend your hard and hard earned money on is making excuses for uh, for not putting safety first? I, so let's just focus on one topic here. Um, yeah, the, uh, so what I was talking about before, I, we're, we're coming from uh, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. He's the guy that I saw first reported earlier this morning that, um, how did he put it? There's a lot of people. <laughs> I uh, I loved that. I, uh, I thought that was kind of funny that now, like, uh, journalism is just, <laughs> you can just say a lot, some, maybe, I don't know rumor has it um and then you get paid then you get then you're an official you're an official blogger um all right but uh, you know we don't want to focus on that but if all of this is true what uh what sean ross is reporting and what the wwe is kind of recognizing by saying um there's like a covid 19 issue in their stupid tweet uh I mean, this is ridiculous. This is, uh, to call it another notch in the belt, I mean, at some point, we have to, like, right? We got to cut the cord. We got to pull the plug, right? Like, we're, yeah. we got to stop. The, the belt, look, the belt right now, Mike, is so folded and ruined and is made with such shitty leather. Like, it's just, we we have made, I don't know, I guess in reference to, to notches in the belt, it, we, we've gone from a size uh, 52 belt waist, and now we're at a size, what, how many years have we been alive now? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're definitely moving into the teens, and we have a, an issue of anorexia or bulimia at this point, uh, because the damage we're doing to ourselves by continuing to consume i love this metaphor by the way to consume (laughs) pro wrestling is killing us uh if if not uh from a physical sense definitely from a mental uh point of view um so maybe a notch in the belt is the perfect way to put it because uh without you know some outside assistance or some more self-awareness are we really just gonna stop what we're doing probably not we're we're going to talk the re- the second half of this episode is going to be me shooting a load because I'm so excited Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre is the main event on Raw. So what a, pe- what I, uh, a piece I will of garbage say, I am. If we do this comparatively, um, like my job, uh, so I know it's a sensitive area because you don't have a job. My job, when you come into work, they just Mother. ask, are you? And you'd be like, nah. And they're like, come on in. They don't, they don't, they can't afford to do testing all the, every day to every single person who walks in the door. Right. Um, so, Matt, hot tag, does WWE have that responsibility to make everybody who walks in that door get tested? They have the money. They could pay a few extra people to stand there and do it. They could pay another company to come in and do it. They, I, I mean, let me answer you straight. Absolutely, they have that responsibility because um, what was the the quote I had here? Um, Global head of sales and partnerships, John Brody, says they have a responsibility to their fans, and and that's the reason that they're going to continue to put out content. The it's the responsibility to the fans slash humanity. To keep putting people in danger? Like, let's not forget, there's a lot of, like, off-screen 
employees that are involved in this that are be, are being put at risk. <clears throat> let me uh, let me give let me give this point to you. WWE is being um, not just irresponsible, but I think they were being uh, cocky. They were being arrogant about this whole thing, mm. and they didn't take it seriously. Uh, and I like, think that we we have a glaring example of that because they still haven't mentioned Roman Reigns on TV. And part of the reason they're doing that is because of, you know, he went through leukemia and he's like, there's no reason for me to risk, you know, dying so I can, you know, be on an episode of Monday Night Raw. What, what, why the hell would I do that? And this company just treated him like a, a total pariah, like he doesn't exist. And this could have been a guy who's, you know, on TV doing promos, you know, selling WWE COVID masks, anything like that. Any, any, even any cheap corporate, you know, uh, capitalist ploy, he could have been a part of that for this company. But instead, they just acted like he didn't exist. Then um, I think to see how they're not testing people, uh, to see how they do treat people who are taking the disease seriously, they don't give a fuck. I mean, from a personal perspective, uh, I had to cancel my anniversary vacation. I mean, a lot of people canceled vacations this year, but I mean, I, I didn't sit there and, and try and figure out, well, how am I going to go? How am I going to go to the cabin up north? No, I just said there's no vacation happening. I'm, I'm at home. I'm, it's done. That's why, I mean... <laughs> That's why there's so much, uh, the budget has increased here at the Brothers of Discussion because, uh, there's a lot less to do out in the world, so I gotta find something to do at home. Um, it's just, there's a lot of examples of, of people, you know, thinking that they're above this. Arrogance is a great word. Um, it, it, part of it is, like, just anger that somebody as small <laughs> as me, like, I'm sitting there going, I've gotta follow all the rules. Um, so there, there's an element of like, you're, you're maybe a little jealous, right? right? Like, uh, how come they don't have to follow the rules and I do? Um, but even that, that, that's more of the petty side of things. Um, I think, I don't, it just, I mean, it's shitty. It, it sucks that we're still going to sit here and be pro wrestling fans, right? Or is this where, is this our last, are we signing off after this one and we're saying, you know what? Fuck it. Because the thing is, like, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, we have a group of friends. We were all talking about, about Disney being open. And, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm a huge Disney fan. If you look, I've just put up my, my Mickey Mouse clock that's also uh, an Alexa... <laughs> channel for amazon it's it's terrible it's yeah i mean i have a collection of mickey mouse funko pops that nobody else in their right mind is collecting so i mean that that's a sore subject for me because i i i want it to be open i want to plan a vacation for next year i want everything to be running smoothly by that time very selfishly i want disney world to be running fine um but then i i see you know there there's not obviously there's a lot of people that think differently they they think this is such a waste you shouldn't go to disney world that's on the that should be the last thing on your list uh of of priorities and 
and it just kind of brings to mind how many shitty things Disney has done over the years. Um, so I bring that up because then you start to cycle through your mind of all the other companies that have done shitty things. And, like, it's so hard to figure out what you're supposed to support, what are you supposed to follow, because it, it's kind of like, um, you know, like Nike. Um, wow, Nike's great, you know, for back in Colin Kaepernick. Um, how about all the children that are still making their fucking shoes uh, that we don't give a fuck about because right now they're focused on another PR stunt. Um, So it's just, like, I know people that I went to school with that went and worked there, and I couldn't, couldn't in my right mind, fill out an application to work for that company, despite they have some PR campaigns that are, you know, go in the direction of things that I believe in. Um, that, I mean, that one just seems like it's, it's too much. I mean, there's, there's like <laughs> poisoning f- full towns and, and, you know, t- children working your entire factory. Uh, like that one's too much. I, I don't know if there's anything you can do to come back from that. So long story short here, um, and, and, you know, this isn't to say WWE is the only one who's guilty in all this, because I think we could both agree that AEW is not... Any, anything that's going to be uh, open, live, have an audience is not doing enough because they shouldn't have an audience. It's, just, it's that easy. Just... I think it's just funny that uh, <clears throat> one of the, the hub for the NBA is going to be Disney World. Uh, it's going to be Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE has already made their headquarters in Florida with, you know, obviously a fraction of the uh, employees and active roster members that, you know, all these NBA playoff teams are going to bring. And, you know, right now we're working without, you know, people like Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn off the top of my head, but they're just off the map. Wrestling is really kind of showing you in a nutshell what it's going to look like when these teams don't take these things seriously um, and how quickly it can spread again. Uh, (laughs) So, at the very least, wrestling is kind of our guinea pig right now, where you can kind of go back and forth with WWE and how AEW is handling it. And a, a, I, I guess, you know, you and I aren't on the scene, but it looks like AEW's treating it a little bit more seriously with testing. Um, as far as we know. We heard uh, Renee Young, uh, you know, uh, she had um, COVID. She tested positive, so she's, you know, going to be in quarantine for a couple weeks. And so did John Moxley, and the broadcast team didn't treat Moxley like Roman Reigns, where he's just a ghost who doesn't work for them anymore. They said, yeah, he he uh, had a positive test. He was supposed to make an appearance tonight, be in a match. Instead, Brian Cage is going to be in that match because he came clean. Um, so Moxley is he's home in quarantine. So we hope to see him for Fighter Fest. Uh, so at the very least. You know, they did also make a dig of, you know, we, we care about the health of our employees. If you're sick, we don't want you here. We want you to be home getting better. We know times are tough for everybody, and, you know, we're no exception. So we, we take this we take this seriously. So I think it's a little bit easier for AEW because they're not quite at the scale, but this is going to be my last bullet point on this. I, I mean, just there's a couple ways to go about it, and WWE once again proves that – they, they don't usually pick the road you should travel. Um, and AEW makes another good business decision. 
Uh, I mean, I from a storyline perspective, I Roman Reigns not being mentioned is fine. I think just from this perspective of of delivering a message that it can't be, uh, <laughs> like we can't just pretend that they're doing enough. Audience should have never, and and there still shouldn't be people attending these shows if they're going to do them, um, and they shouldn't be doing them. Again, I mean, again, there's people behind the scenes that are being put at risk, and we just pretend like, oh, that's fine. I, I don't care about them. Um, so I, I just, I, I I think it's just more important that the WWE recognizes maybe on a weekly basis, like uh, how, how many times or how many years did we watch the Don't Do This at Home video? Um, is it really that far, like, beyond what they're doing to just keep saying, like, look, we're probably making the wrong decision here. Uh, don't be stupid like us. Wear your mask. Do whatever. Um and, and, of course, on top of that, they should have been already taking the precautions of testing. I I still, I, I didn't see anything that said that they had not done a test, because uh, they would have to figure out that somebody has it, right? Um, to find out. I guess, they, yeah. Yeah, so they, they there had to be some testing. I, I just, I think the problem is just that they got too soft with everything. I mean, Street Profits going in the audience, and then people going, like, oh, why is WWE bad at the street profits? It's, I mean, that that's the type of thing that you gotta lock that down. You gotta like control it. Like, no, just either no. What am I saying? No fans in the fucking arena. God damn it! It's so simple. It's it's ah. No, and, man, and, you're really uh, speaking out. I'd say <laughs> that's a good transition. Um, all right, so. The other thing we referenced at the start of the show, uh, so we have to talk about, and I'll, I'll say this, I think there shouldn't be any live audience for anything until this is locked down. Uh, it's hilarious that on the news uh, today, Mike, um, you know what, my wife knew his name off the top of her head. I still can't remember his goddamn name. Um, the uh, pandemic specialist that's working with Trump Jesus. Um, somebody oh, asked... Uh, Dr. Uh, what's his name? Foki? Fochi? Fo- uh, Fosi? Fochi? Yeah, Fochi. He, uh, he was asked, like, uh, how bad is, is this second wave or is phase two going to get? And he laughed and said, this isn't wave two. This isn't phase two. This is still wave one. Fa- phase Fauci. two is Sorry, still Anthony coming. Fauci. Fauci. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. He said it's still coming. Like, it's not... This isn't... Just because we're seeing another bubble, what happened was we didn't do enough. Uh, so, there's that. So, to, from from the perspective of pro wrestling, because we, we, we're connected with people that also do uh, some smaller indie shows, and I saw some postings on those shows existing, too. Um, I know we got to get back to work, but goddamn, uh, that's, that's also just as dumb. So, anyway, the other sour spot on pro wrestling was i'll say um, i'll say bittersweet is the speak out mo- um, movement well sour can be good I, I yeah like sour candy yeah i'll uh i'll say bittersweet if only because um it's it's bringing to light a bunch of you know uh, almost, uh, probably a hundred percent male wrestlers who have uh a history of you know harassing 
uh, women's wrestlers. Um, I don't know. You don't. I don't know if you. You know. You obviously you don't want to necessarily get into d- detail, uh, but more than you know things that are just verbal, th- uh, physical acts, people who are claiming to be coaches. You know, putting hands in places where they shouldn't be, taking advantage of, um, you know, people in their youth who don't know any better, who don't know how to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that is the uh, the bitter portion of it. The sweet is that the times we're in, um, people fi- finally feeling like, you know, they won't get shot down if they, you know, try to stand up for themselves. That's where yeah. the Speak Out movement, movement is coming from. Uh, basically on Twitter, just a laundry list of, you know, uh, of these, you know, wrestling men getting called out by women who finally feel empowered because, you know, it kind of feels like, you know, they have some support from, um, you know, each other, other victims, um, people like, uh, you know, Keith Lee also coming forward, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre, I think it's important to have somebody like him showing support so it doesn't get, you know, lost in the shuffle, lost in the weeds, you know, with the 24-7 news cycle, it's, it's kind of hard to keep track of all these things that we have to fix um, in our culture. Um, so I, I, I'm happy that, you know, a lot of those women were able to, you know, get those names out there. Um, it looks like obviously in a publicity stunt, you know, some of the wrestling promotions are, are being more aggressive with their moves than others. Um, you know, for example, Jack Gallagher was released, um, you know, but we also have, you know, evidence of somebody like Velveteen Dream, um, you know, having footage of himself potentially sent to minors. Uh, so there's still obviously some investigating being done there. But again, it's it's one of those things where depending on your, you know, spot on the totem pole, I, I think your your the repercussions are going to be a little bit, you know, stiffer or softer. Um, so I just hope that once the dust settles, you know, obviously you don't want to make um, – you know, a lot of gut check reactions and, you know, just start, you know, releasing all these people without an investigation. But it's at the very least, the, the, the bare minimum, you know, it's being taken seriously. It's not just somebody rolling their eyes and saying, you know, these are just women who want attention. No, it's, it's not what's going on. Um, I, I don't know if we necessarily want to go through the whole roster just because it's so many guys, but um, I will say, Matt, that, one of them I was pretty bummed about um, to hear about it was Sammy Guevara, um, if only because it seems like he's you know got a really bright future ahead of him. Um, and it's not just because he favorited one of my tweets. Uh, he, uh, in an interview, you know, he's not, he's not, right now he's not an old man. He's, he's very young and even younger than he was before he made some dumb comment, you know, something I'm sure most of us have heard in a, subreddit or a game of call of duty um you know saying that he wanted to rape sasha banks and there's there's no universe where that's okay to say um but i do think that if people like that do more than apologize and you know take action to show that you know they 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 do regret their actions you know i don't i don't know if these are people that necessarily need to be on a cross you know for the next 60 years or you know, completely out of the business. Um, so well, I'm not, I'll, I'm I'll not taking, in. I just want to make sure it's said that I'm not taking his side, but I, I will back up people who, you know, do apologize and then take action. 
So if he could, he's already apologized to Sasha. It sounds like she's, you know, a forgiving soul. So she's like, you're just an idiot. So don't do that again. Um, and if he could take action, you know, to, you know, do more than, you know, back his words, you know, I could see a world where it's, it's okay for him to re-enter. but you know, the priority one, get these stories out there, you know, let's make sure we do the proper investigations and, you know, punish these people accordingly. Well, I think number one, Sammy's coming back because AEW addressed it, said what they need needed him to do. So Sammy will be back. So that's kind of the bummer out of this is that they've already decided that he's too big to not, you know, like to be punished, to be let go. Uh, so that that's that's kind of where the problems are coming from of that you know you, you see a lot of uh a lot of these stories are older wrestlers taking advantage of younger girls and even if it's not like um violent it's it's in this realm of like these blacklisting stories that are coming out of just according to one side of the story like an angered uh a broken-hearted individual who's, uh, you know, distraught and, and doesn't know how to conduct themselves uh, post a, a traumatic situation. Um, and I mean that from both sides of that party. So a lot of this is just um, coming from this idea that there, there's been a lot of action without a lot of um, consequence. And my fear already with Sammy is that there won't be a ton of consequence besides two months that he know he'll recoup uh once he's back in pro wrestling um so you know what where do we draw the line uh and, and he admitted fault so that's good i mean i guess we have video or audio evidence uh so many of these guys have come out and said um this was false or they misunderstood uh guys like uh, the villain marty Skrull, just the absolute worst response of like it would be bad if it wasn't me kind of thing and like you guys just don't see it from my perspective just uh, like uh disgusting ways of looking at these situations and not recognizing the fault in their actions uh jordan devlin did another one of those um and and i just like at this point in my head, I, I think I've been programmed to, to kind of shut off. Um, especially when you get a response like Jordan Devlin did and trying to like um, say that whatever was accused of him just didn't happen. And that, that was his, um, in a sense, that was his response. And, and for me, I feel like the best thing to do with that kind of thing is to just cut the court like cut it like i'm done like i i did enjoy jordan devlin uh when he was winning the the cruiserweight championship i think i jumped out of my chair we were excited about that back at uh royal rumble season but am i disappointed i th i think the point i'm trying to come to is i think we need to sort of um train ourselves well, i think say, it's like, uh that's it yeah, you gotta I mean, find, you got to find quite a journey to come back. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, some of the physical accusations that some of these guys uh, have to answer for with, you know, Sammy Guevara being an idiot and making a, you know, dumb joke. Um, 
So, you know, it's tough to kind of lump all these together. I understand why they did. You know, you can't form a united front if you're going to, you know, nitpick, you know, that much because uh, it's still at the core, you know, the same kind of misogyny. Mm. Um, I think that one of the scary problems here is that a lot of the names on this list of accusations, um, you know, uh, the David Stars, you know, the Guevara's, the Velveteens, uh, the Jimmy Havocs, uh, Wolfgangs, the Gallagher's, uh, the Travis Banks. Um, these are all young wrestlers. And um, there's absolutely no way that that's the only generation that's done crap like this. So I don't know if this is, you know, necessarily the end of these um situations coming to light or if they're really rough and we're going to hear about some big time wrestlers, you know, getting accused of um, acts like this. So, I mean, it it kind of feels, it kind of feels to kind of, you know, with COVID, it kind of feels like uh, we're at that same point where it's, it's not quite at that point where people are really upset because they haven't really, you know, put it for like a, you know, a big time WWE guy yet. I mean, you're, to say what you just said is so accurate because we all know that there was a murderer that was allowed to run around backstage um, named Jimmy Superfly. So, I, I mean, like, to to know that they would allow, like, the, the murderer to keep running around, I, I just gotta, it's like, yeah, it's probably so much worse. <laughs> going back to the 90s the 80s the 70s um all right so long story short uh the wrestling community sucks um yeah it's it's uh it, it's definitely a time right now i think uh so we're not reporting any of this obviously we're we're almost a whole week uh from when all this stuff first started coming yeah. out so i think what our what our job is is to sit here and and um kind of come up with you know here's here's where our head's at you can decide to agree with us um if you have an opinion on this stuff that uh you you disagree like this is where this is that time for reflection that's where we stand that's where we're the thursday night podcast and not the monday uh you know (laughs) monday evening after raw because we're reflecting on all this stuff and just kind of giving you our our they're not hot takes anymore. We've been able to stew over these and, you know, sort of figure out how we feel about different things. And at this point, I would still say, like, um, you know, I, I think a guy like uh, like Velveteen Dream, how, how long do we go without getting anything from the dream? And, and we still let it pass, you know? Uh, like, are we, are we still going to let velveteen dream just skirt past if he stays quiet long enough or do we have to come back and go hey buddy plenty of guys that do not hit on 16 year old girls that we can give championship runs to would have been great to see that royal rumble entrance but uh you fucked up so yeah it's uh i think that's that's the one big point um like depending on how big you are, you know, you're going to come back, you know, whether it's the NFL with like Ray Rice and the reason he only got suspended, he only got suspended because uh, somehow the NFL couldn't find uh, 
elevator footage of him abusing his fiance, but TMZ could. Um, you know, it's the NBA letting s- certain felons who I, I don't want to name get back into the league. Uh, you know, baseball letting you know a murderer to stay in the league. Uh, I can't think of a good example in the NHL, but it's. A lot of the times, they just let these guys back in because they're talented enough, and Patrick they'll, they'll make exceptions for them. <sighs> was, in, was in the middle of uh, like finding out when his court dates were going to be, and then all of a sudden, it, the case was tossed out. Just, no, we're so good. I'm, I'm thankful fine. for one thing. I'm thankful that it is 2020. Uh, you know that not only are we we, like the immediacy of social media, like made it easier for this little movement to happen and get these, you know, names out there. Um, but then it also meant that you weren't, you weren't alone. And I, I think uh, we talk about his wrestling acumen. We talk about how much we like him on the mic and we got at some point actually transitioned into wrestling here, but we, we had to acknowledge speak out. We had to acknowledge COVID, uh, but to kind of bring it full circle, I don't, I can't think of a lot of instances, you know, maybe the rock, but like where a world champion is uh, proud to, you know, um, support certain causes, have his heart in the right spot. And I think that's kind of where Drew McIntyre comes in. So he can finally, it's, it's been tough because these other important things came up, but there, there is wrestling on this wrestling podcast. I promise. Uh, You know, Drew McIntyre was, was right there to like support the movement, you know, in case anybody wanted to, you know, talk big and, you know, try and, you know, call some of these women liars, things like that. To have a guy like that kind of, you know, behind it, I think it it gives a lot of credence. It it helps, you know, kind of snuff out people trying to, you know, come in and and degrade the whole situation. So I I think it's important that, you know, he made his, his voice heard there. Uh, so one little nugget, Matt, I think we could finally move into a little wrestling news. Um, so yeah, Matt, you're going to get Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler in a WWE championship match. Matt, how do you feel? I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be my new COVID mask. Cause I'm just going to wear this t-shirt all the time. Um, I, Mike, I went back and I read through our old articles when we said the uh, one of our writers, Matt, wrote the acquisition of Drew McIntyre through, you know, kayfabe, the acquisition of Drew McIntyre getting called up from NXT. The acquisition of Drew McIntyre is the most underrated acquisition of that uh, that draft. And uh, then we went on for months uh, analyzing every match that McIntyre and Ziggler had. Um, were they going up the ladder? Were they falling down the ladder? Uh, a lot of the times they just kept climbing up, 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 up. And then it, it eventually, you know, came to a head. Ziggler was, uh, Ziggler and McIntyre got into a little tiff. And then, um, you know, then we were like, all right, McIntyre, or at least one of us was like, all right, McIntyre champion, here we go. And then we waited a whole year. <laughs> um, so I mean, this is this is so huge. I mean, Mike, when I when I searched for the Drew McIntyre Ziggler picture on Google, you know who showed up in the Google results? Bobpodcast.com. Yeah, that's what we, I'm talking about. We were talking about this 
two years ago when this all started and i i just i'm not i'm not playing the we told you so i'm telling you that's how important this is to me to see this all come to fruition to see that when we said drew mcintyre could be this champion to see it go as far as it has right now and then to always come back and say, well, there's always Ziggler. Ziggler could always be that guy that challenged Dal or, uh, Drew because they have that that story that, that they've carried along with them. And um, it, it was fun going through those old articles. Um, and and it, it's just fun to see like how many times we said, this has so much potential for Drew and Dolph will reap all the benefits. <laughs> now, Drew is our WWE champion, so I think he's he's reaped some benefits from this. But, um, you know, I mean, Dolph now gets to jump into the main event. Um, another another funny thing I, I, I saw, too, and this is why this is so much fun, is back in, uh, you know what, uh, more than a year ago, May of 2019, Drew and Dolph were thrown into a, uh, a quick feud and I was looking at some old, like, Bleacher Report uh, ratings and Sports Kita, and people were whining and complaining about Drew and Dolph getting in the ring together. Why? They said it just doesn't make sense. There's not enough there. The timing's bad. And to think, like, a year and a month later, we're looking at the same thing, and people are all about it. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's so... The, for the same reasons that they love this, they hated it a year ago. <laughs> and I, I, I gotta say, I mean, most things that they've done with Drew and Mike, uh, you, you've hinted at it the last couple of weeks. Like, this was everything I wanted out of my WWE programming. Yeah. Uh, so, most things they've done with Drew, I've loved. So, for it to come back to this, for Dolph to uh, mention everything that we were covering for months and, and saying, like, this is going to do it. This is going to elevate <laughs> both of these guys. Yeah. And now it's it's all here. It's this is it. Like well, I can't help but think of um uh, like uh when people interview Bill Burr, they're like, Wow, you've uh, you've really made your, your presence known. You've been in some really good movies and T V shows. And be like, Yeah, yeah, I just uh parachute in. I am in uh, you know, Emmy Award winning breaking bad, I'm just there for a cup of coffee, all of a sudden, you know, I'm in all these movies and I just feel like golf He's like, Yeah, I just parachute in. You know, sometimes with Big E, you know, with Joe McIntyre, I just get a title shot. You know, I didn't even win any matches. Yeah. I'm on a 45-match lose that... streak, but, but uh, there I am. I just parachute in. You know, it doesn't he's, our, he's, butter, he's Butters. He's there's our little a, void filler. There's a top 10 list that should be on the Brothers of Discussion YouTube page of, you know, careers Dolph Ziggler has helped elevate. I mean... Biggie and Drew McIntyre are number yeah. yeah, they're they're number two and number one. Uh and then you've got like think about the rivalry with the Miz. The Miz has his own TV he has two TV shows. Now he's a game show host. I, I know, I, I'm kinda I kinda like that show. I kinda like watching the the uh, there's like a little sneak trailer you could watch on YouTube. It's kinda fun. How about the rivalry with Luke Harper? Now, now he's Brody Lee over in AEW. Uh, that's whole... that's Mr. Brody Lee too. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> You're I, right. I, he's a star maker. I I think that's that's something that's that's been missed, and now this is you know, I mean he gets paid to do his job, so it's not like we're sitting there going like he needs a championship. No, I think he he has a job. He gets paid to do it. I think he's I'm cool with that. I'm not asking for Dolph Ziggler to become a champion. No. But no, this guy, like, 
that yeah. type of career is one that I, I hope that when he looks back at this, that's the legacy that he's leaving. He's not he's not leaving. Well, he also has one of the best money in the bank cash-ins of all time. But the legacy he's leaving is, is all these careers he's held. I, I want you to know that when I say he's a Hall of Famer, I don't mean he's a WWE Hall of Famer like, you know, uh, Donald Trump. I just want his entire career to be recognized for how uh, influential yeah. it is on generations of wrestlers. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad that you're excited about it. I'm excited about it, too. Um, I do want to move on to something I just added to the notes. Um, <laughs> it's been uh, WWE's kind of subtle um, extra exposure for black wrestling. Um it happened right around, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. All of a sudden, you know, the Street Profits were on TV. Bianca was on TV. Uh, you know, the New Day was getting more spots. Uh, more importantly, Apollo Crews and Bobby Lashley were either winning titles or fighting for titles. And all of a sudden, MVP is an important part of the roster. Um, and honestly, Matt, right now, Apollo Crews, it's, it's – everybody has their gifts. He is a very physically gifted wrestler. I, you really, you really got to throw him in the pool because he's not, he's not, he's just not taken to these promo classes. Uh, but I gotta say, man, with, with MVP, I honestly now I can't imagine WWE without him. Like that's how good he's been. Yeah, selling Apollo Cruz, making I, Bob Bobby Lashley interesting. Uh, and honestly, for me, those are must-TV segments when he's out there selling whatever he's doing with Bob Lashley this, that week. No, that what you just described with MVP is absolute genius, and I mean it. And I know you're you're you you are a wordsmith. You you really know how to uh, you know weave a tail. Um, to to see MVP. Right now, make I mean, it feels like he never left. Like, it feels like... I, I don't want to say it feels like home, because I'm stealing that from something I read earlier today that was in a birthday card. But, um, like, it, it just feels like MVP is, is where he's supposed to be. Like, and I don't mean he should always be in WWE. I mean, he should be on my TV. I should be... I, I shouldn't have to go find out what channel Impact Wrestling is on. Like, MVP is a superstar, and he, he just oozes charisma and then he eats up like my attention like he he just uh, it's it's like that's the fuel for him and he just gets to be mvp and all i want to do is watch all of his segments i i i can't i can't think of enough for just being who he is like it, it's it's when we're we're trying to figure out like what's going on with this pro wrestling uh um situation with with covid and wrestlers not showing up um I'm not saying I'm glad MVP is willing to show up, but I'm going to say my brain is happy that with all that confusion, I selfishly get to watch MVP do his thing. Yeah. You know, because I, you know, you and I rewatch the Royal Rumble so often, all of them, you know, uh, annually I, I rewatch all the Rumbles. Uh, one of the years, you know, there's WWE's, at least in our circle, and I think a lot of circles, kind of renowned for their racism. Um, it's deep rooted. It's thick. It's syrupy. It's all over the place. Um, but one person I don't think I'm gonna necessarily include in uh, you know that that the uh, 
you know, uh, having that, um, how do I want to phrase it? The, uh, kind of like a, like a, a, a racist, <laughs> um, just ingrained in them is Ric Flair. And I'll say that because what are the Royal Rumbles? Uh, when it's, you know, the year he was retiring, you know, and he's going to fight Shawn Michaels, you know, every match was a retirement match. You know, Ric Flair made sure to give MVP the spotlight and make him look really good. Um, and it bums me out because MVP is not a guy who was ever world champion. And the more we see of MVP now, you know, when he's not even in his heyday, you know, this is it's way past his prime. Uh, he's not – he. I won't say he wrestles as bad as, you know, Matt Hardy looks, but it's it's not time for him to be in the ring wrestling. You know, he, he should be a manager. Yeah. And just to see somebody like that, uh, to see somebody like, um, you know, uh, uh, some of these who's who's of, of valets, of ringside presences, um, and to think that we could have had MVP this whole time. Yeah. Uh, it, it, just, it just speaks wonderfully about MVP's ability uh, really makes you wonder about WWE's priorities when it comes to non-white uh, or at least people who look like tan white people because um, MVP is living up to his name. Uh, I think he's helped carry Monday Night Raw. He's made Lashley relevant and by God, if it kills him, he's going to get a good promo out of Apollo Crews. I swear to God it's going to happen. Uh, so I, I don't think we make enough time for this guy. I certainly didn't when I was a kid because I just watched whoever was popular. Um, and MVP would get a United States title. You know, that's definitely on the bottom tier. You know, that's when – no words need to be said. You already know where I'm coming from. It's just if this guy couldn't be the champion, it's bullshit that we had to wait till Kofi for, for us to have a, a black WWE champion. Stupid. Because MVP easily could have carried this company on his shoulders. Well, Mike, uh, good news, I guess, then, is uh, Japanese superstar Asuka took down blonde white Charlotte. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> this, this is fantastic for Asuka, but this is even, this unfortunate, I mean, based on what you just said, I shouldn't transition to this uh, argument, but this is better for Charlotte. Um, and I, I don't, I don't mean to say that this hurts Oscar in any way. I think this is fantastic. This is the direction you needed to go with Oscar. I love the fact that she's going to go up against Sasha next. Feels like something they've really been saving for us. And uh, you know, I, I do ultimately think uh, Sasha's going over. Um, but Charlotte, come on, like that's it. Like let's get her, let's get her out of the main event. I wouldn't be surprised if she was begging for this, uh, especially with the way. These promos are so self-aware, and she's just walking around talking about, like, well, you know, you could say that the fans don't want me here, but I'm the one that wins all the championships. You know, like, wink, wink, <laughs> nod, nod. Like, we all know yeah. how you get those championships. It's it's the story. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte herself wasn't in the back going, oh, my God, you're going to absolutely destroy me if I go over Asuka. This is so stupid. Um like the last thing she needed was uh, for her character to get that that go away heat, and uh, we we needed her to go down. And it looks like she's gonna go uh, she's gonna go toe to toe with Naya. But um, yeah, ultimately this is this is just good news. This is good booking. Um, it uh, I don't I don't know if if the wrestling community loved this match. I know I did. Uh, I know they loved the result. But uh, to me, this is. 
man, this is like the when it comes to wrestling programs that I don't have to huddle in front of my laptop to watch, and I can watch it on uh, an actual TV. Um, I mean, this is it. This is everything we've always wanted from women's wrestling, from pro wrestling, period. Charlotte and Asuka goes for like 30 minutes, and we get an awesome result. One that we actually want. One that'll progress storylines going forward instead of it just being, well, I guess Charlotte's going to fight Sasha now. Um, it's, yeah, A+. plus. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you put this in the notes for us. Um, and the reason we keep bringing up race, it's like almost entirely it was a business decision when somebody like Jackie Robinson breaks the color barrier and goes to from the Negro Leagues to playing Major League Baseball. And it was a business decision because they wanted the best players in the league. They weren't like, you know what, gee golly shucks, I would really like a, a black man on our team. You know, I think it's time we, you know, integrated. No, they wanted to win. And so, so I'm kind of just letting, just trying to make the point that sports is not as altruistic as they think they are. They just want the best. So I think my problem is that when I see WWE for so long, and it's why we, you know, make comments about, you know, MVP's race, obviously holding him back because it's not anything else he's doing in the ring or on the mic. When you say Charlotte, the white person, losing to Asuka from Japan, it's noteworthy in that um, the best wrestler should win. You know what I mean? It, it shouldn't feel like we're looking at each other like, man, why, why is this person getting the, the torch? And that's not to say Charlotte's not excellent, but Asuka's been that much, like that much better than every other woman that is wrestling right now. Um, she's and she's been doing promos in Japanese, and they're she's still doing, miles yeah. better than anything Charlotte puts out there. They're I, still I just, they're both somehow they're both more intimidating and funnier than somebody who speaks English as their first language. Exactly. In one swoop, she's covered. Two feelings that you want your opponent to feel intimidated and then giggling. So you can make them, you know, have a, a little mark out moment in the ring. Oh, sorry. Um, and Asuka is just, she's been kicking ass. Her moves are always clean. She never injures anybody. There's, she's gorgeous. There's not much else you can ask from her. I just, so I, I guess bringing it all the way back. It's, it's nice to kind of see, Oh, they're rewarding the best. They're rewarding the most deserving. That's what this Asuka um, current push feels like. Um, just gotta I think get, that, just gotta get Biggie in there, who I think is the most deserving of a title. But uh, I don't know. It almost makes me think that he has a, a, a choice in the matter, where they're like, "Do you want to go solo?" And he's like, "I don't know," because I don't, I don't want to do those, you know, cookie cutter. You know, I'm fighting against Kofi, and I'm fighting against Xavier, where I gotta break up the tag team. I almost wonder if he gets a, 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 a vote in that because they are such a, a, you know, they're a tag team title holding team, by the way. Um, but I'd say before we go into the Wednesday Night Wars, Matt, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, maybe the third biggest story this week for WWE is whew, The Undertaker. Oh, right. <laughs> the Undertaker kind of retiring in a documentary. So uh, I need I need like a fidget spinner or something because I'm always like playing with something and today I'm yeah. playing with uh, this little Daniel Bryan and uh, I, I broke it so I had to keep 
No, I play with I play with my cans. Yeah, I can't. I'm glad I don't have any pens sitting out here because I'd be clicky topping the whole time. Uh, Before we get into the the scary part of uh, a world without Undertaker, uh, this was my favorite part of the documentary. Just pretend you guys could hear the. I know that was that was me spraying water again. Yeah, you should have just gone into your mic. Uh, but yeah, he if said. Anybody, uh, if anybody's listening at home, we apologize for the cats running around <laughs> your living room. <laughs> um, Undertaker said, "No, are you going to retire? Is this it? Are you done?" And he said, "Never say never." But I have no interest to step back into the ring right now. <laughs> That's exactly how I read it. <laughs> no, I. This is the most nothing statement that the WWE followed up with posts that just said hashtag thank you taker, hashtag last ride. None of that says he's officially retired. None of it. So, I, Mike, he was supposed to be officially retired when he took his, his little jacket and hat off at WrestleMania. Yeah, he retired like three times, I think. Yeah, like, he's like fucking uh, Dwayne Wade, who had like two straight seasons of uh, retirement tours. Like, you did this last year, dog. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, I mean, Ric Flair retired a couple times. Um, yeah. God. Um, I don't Dude, know. Shawn Michaels unretired, so technically he's not God, retired. for the worst right possible reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, I don't think it's um, to, like, to guess that he's done. I, I don't think that it's... Uh, it's a guess like a, a worthy endeavor because it's wrestling nobody ever really retires you know what Aww. i mean like you're gonna see the rock kind of you know really dies nobody dies uh you know you see the rock come out of wrestlemania and give a rock bottom to eric rowan you know you'll see stone cold come out stun somebody and yeah you know plus the undertaker just signed a 15-year deal according to bleacher report so Woo! whatever the fuck that means did i I mean, Ric Flair was basically is it, is it 70 and still thing? wrestling. Because I'm retiring. All right. <laughs> Give me that money. <laughs> Undertaker still got, like, almost 20 years to catch Ric Flair, who's, like, wrestling into his 70s. So, uh, you know, uh, Ric Flair was taking, you know, back body tr- uh, bumps, and Undertaker's, you know, the big man. So he's not going to take bumps. He'll be fine. Uh, just keep him out of the ring from, like, you know, Goldberg. You know what? I mean, the more important thing to talk about here is you and I have been begging for him to retire for years, uh, especially since this podcast started, but well before that. I I mean, we weren't getting good wrestling out of him, and that's what this last ride highlighted. Um, I didn't need to... I don't need to see any more Undertaker. Um, So there's two sides of this. I I don't think he's actually done i know for sure that we don't have an official retirement so people that were telling me online no he officially retired no he did not officially retire um i i also you know to all of that i i still i i still think he should retire i just don't think we have that right now um what did you think of uh you don't have to necessarily just do episode five, but maybe the documentary as a whole. Um, <laughs> what did you? What do you feel like you you left with that? What What did you leave that documentary feeling about Undertaker, like his life? Um, I think we summed it up pretty good a couple episodes ago, where I said uh, this is a guy that needs like I I almost said the word discipline, 
but it's like he needs he needs someone and this is what I, i'm just gonna say without a, a single word to describe it but he needs someone to tell him like dude stop that's enough you're done you're done you're hurting yourself you're hurting your family because every year that you lose because you're not here hurts us uh, that's what he needs. Um, that's what I'm taking away uh, because what what you got to see is like some of the issues that that we all do. You know, like, like you you want to try and find the parallels and make sure that if if you're not seeing those same issues in yourself, um, that maybe they are there. Uh, maybe not to the degree that the Undertaker's hurting himself, but you know, there's there's probably something in everybody's life that we need to sort of reanalyze and go, all right. Um, I see that the Undertaker's hurting himself with this addiction of, of sorts. Um, you know how what 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 should I honestly be doing in my life? And you know, just catch, make sure that you reassess and look at yourself. Like these stories aren't told for us to always just feel bad. It's it's we're supposed to learn something about ourselves. You see those documentaries about uh, Sea World. Um, that's just the first one that came to mind because you always had that. Um, poster in your, in yeah. your bedroom. The Blackfish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't watch that to just go, oh man, those poor whales. Like, you're supposed to stop giving money. You're supposed to take a minute before you give money to like zoos and stuff. Like, are they actually helping these animals? Or are they just hurting them even more? Like, you, it's supposed to make you take that extra second to realize like, Am I giving money to shitty companies and I'm hurting these animals further? It's the, it's there's so many things like that that you're supposed to take from these documentaries. Um, you know the Michael Jordan stuff is always funny to me, like hearing people analyze that too, because nobody's grabbing the right thing from that <laughs> at all. Like yeah. I, I just like the legacy for Michael Jordan just seems like he's still bitter about so many things. And do you care? Is it better that he gets to walk away and his name will forever be in the history books? But his life, maybe, I don't know. Like, I guess I wouldn't be fulfilled by all those championships. I also did not watch all the episodes of the Michael Jordan documentary. So I might be missing him just going, ha ha, I'm the happiest guy in the world. Woohoo! But I always see him pretty angry. So I can't imagine he is. Uh, yeah. So it's just, you know, another another opportunity. Like, those 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 documentaries are all kind of the same. You're supposed to reanalyze your own life and, and make sure that you, you piece apart, like, any issues you might have and, and make sure that you're self-aware of them. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the great Greek tragedies. And I was reading... Uh, uh, a, uh, a book basically where they're talking about when you see those characters in those Greek tragedies, you know, people will say they had some great flaw and that's kind of the, you know, the story, the, like that's kind of the, the lesson you're supposed to get from the story. But this writer was saying that, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, be reading and, and uh, um, digest, like uh, consuming these stories to judge the character, like their flaw you're supposed to empathize because you in some way, the reason the story that you read it and you stick to it and you love it is because you can connect with it. So to see, you know, Mark Calloway 
love wrestling so much and, you know, want to commit to being this mystic, you know, uh, supernatural character and not wanting to let, you know, fans down, not wanting to let, you know, his wife down, his family, not wanting to let himself down. Um, for a guy who's been so wrapped up in being kayfabe, he be, he came out of this looking more human than any other wrestler that we can think of. Um, so it really, for me, you know, uh, not just showing me, you know, Mark the Man, but I, what it's like to be Mark the Man. You know what I, I mean? And, and every day to wake up and, and be Undertaker and then have to come home and see like a bad performance and be like, I can't leave him like that. I got to try this one more time. So I, I, I empathize with them. I, I, I really like it. It deepened my love for the undertaker and professional wrestling. So I, I, I just think this entire uh, documentary was a, a huge success uh, because it, it, it was just about how tough it is to do that last ride and say goodbye to things you love. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think that that's kind of like what everybody was seeing with um, th those were sort of the reactions I saw with like some of the, the Michael Jordan stuff too. But I just, I, I, I just want to make sure, you know, like, do we want, do we want another undertaker? Like, do we want to, do we want to find out that there's somebody else we could have prevented from living that life and we could have helped them kind of thing? You know, like, I, I feel like, that's got to be part of it. Like we have to, it's like reading a history book, you know, like you're, you're doomed to repeat what you don't, what you don't know. So if we learn about the undertaker and all these troubles, like that's got to be something we take away besides just going like, thanks undertaker um, for ruining your body. Like we have to go like recognize the next person that's about to ruin themselves and go, ah, man, it's not, it's not that important. Like we're all going to be fine. If you stop wrestling, like, don't put it in your head that you got to go out there for us. We are cool. You go be with your family. Go get healthy. Like, I think... I'm not saying that's without empathy. I think that's completely, like, empathizing with that person when you're trying to, like... Um, I don't want to say, you know, fix is the easy way to put it. But you got to, you know, like, we want to help, like, that next individual, right? Like, this is... Uh, it could be considered a, a tale of, uh, you know, like a warning. Yeah, it's, I see where you're coming from. I, I would just say that it's almost like there's two ways to lead your life. One is, you know, to be able to kind of sit back and, you know, kind of almost like map out and chart out, you know, what the ideal um, layout timeline wise of your life would be but the other way would be to actually like do it but the only way you could do it is if you aren't sitting back because I, I think you almost have to be involved with it so this was just kind of like mark had to mark had to live his life to the fullest he had to totally embrace being that undertaker and i think when other people say this is the greatest gimmick in the history of wrestling it was all about mark committing and i I don't think that Mark's um, – because you, you can tell when somebody's not, you know, living, not just being, the, like, you know, acting like the thing, but being the thing. You couldn't you couldn't have it both ways. He either had to commit and, you know, do damage to himself like he's done now, 
or if he kind of stepped back, he'd probably be in better health, but the undertaker itself wouldn't be, you know, this larger than life thing. I think you, you have to literally put your soul into it. And it's just kind of for him, like, yeah, there are some negatives, but if I'm sitting back, I, I created the undertaker. Like I know it's Vince McMahon's idea, you know, a dead man, but it wouldn't have worked without me. So I, I guess I know we have a lot, we still have another segment to go through. I, I just, it can't be ignored, right? Like what, I mean, do you watch The Wrestler and go, ah, oh, thank God Randy the Ram's dead? Or do you think like, oh my God, he could have been happy with Marissa Tomei? Like, I I still feel like there's a piece of me that when I watch that, I, I still want Randy the Ram to go back and, and end up with Marissa Tomei because it, it could, you know, it he could have, he could have a part two. He could have a whole nother life that, that goes well. And he could try and try yeah. harder to connect with his, his daughter. I know we saw like a, like a one month snippet of his life trying to connect with his daughter, but that was one month. He could, you know, he could keep at it. Um, so you just like, I think it, um, I don't think you need a map thing. I don't think there's only two ways to look at the Undertaker's life that he could have mapped it out and became an accountant or he became the Undertaker. I think uh, I think there's like a line we could have drawn and said, "All right, um, stop after CM Punk." All right, <laughs> like there's there's different things like that. Like he's still the Undertaker at that point, right? It's not like we go ah. Like you know, Stone Cold would mean more to my life if he had if he had wrestled Bill Goldberg when <laughs> when he was almost sixty. <laughs> like Stone Cold, still Stone Cold. Stone Cold did it right. He's got his family. He's got his podcast. He's got you know he's got his TV shows and and he's probably gonna live a little bit longer than the Undertaker. I I think um, Undertaker could still have everything you're talking about. That is the legacy he could walk away with. But we could deal with his um, addiction to have that last great match. And he still keeps his legacy, but he's, you know, maybe 10 surgeries are knocked off of his list of, of surgeries for the rest of his life or shit. I mean, he's probably going to yes. have hundreds of surgeries and puts his family through having to go through that struggle. I, I just, I don't want it to sound like, I'm I'm the guy who picks the cookie cutter life because now I'm I mean I'm sitting here unemployed so I, <laughs> I I don't have no cookie cutter but I think there's there's things that we need to like when I talk about like reassessing your own life like there's always those moments um, like now I know I'm unemployed but I I've never been happier because I get I have my baby girl and I I just I'm filled with joy like every moment that I see her face so I. You know, like I, I, I guess maybe, maybe my confusion is how Undertaker doesn't get that. Like, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm not saying he doesn't get just eternal joy from seeing his kids, but like that would be enough. That's where I'd be like, I'm done. I've got millions of dollars. My body can't move. I've got you know two beautiful girls I can help grow up. I'm done. Yeah, I. Uh, it's. You know, it's the it's the great stories. I, I just I, I don't to be where he's at. I think you you have to sacrifice, and he he made that sacrifice of his body and his you know prioritizing his family to be this larger than life uh, persona. So I think I I 
I don't think it's necessarily, again, that you're supposed to judge them, you know, and be like, why don't you go with your family? I think you're just supposed to empathize and kind of see that, you know, all these, all these tiny little baby steps can help, you know, they all contribute to building this larger than life legend. Like WWE throws that word around way too easily. This is guy, this is a guy who's going to be legendary. You know, he just, he transcends outside of wrestling. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a great story. I, I for his own health, I hope he's done. But I I appreciate his sacrifice and ah no don't judge him. You can't praise him either. You can only empathize. <laughs> All right, I guess we're done. <laughs> Matt's being facetious now. All right, okay, let's do the Wednesday Night Wars, Matt. As usual, I was AEW and you got NXT. Watching kind of both shows, I think NXT kind of won this week. I think I did see they they actually won the ratings uh, war, which, man, you know what? I'm so distracted because my camera's doing that thing again where it looks like my eyeballs are, like, looking like that. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Yeah, I mean this had this had some great segments, and when I was coming up with my list, the top three, uh, I thought it was pretty easy um, to to put this all together. And you know, I I like those weeks where it's kind of like uh, I have my top three. I don't even know, or I I struggle to make a top three because there's too many things, and then I struggle to figure out which one's number one. Uh, but I I think at least this week I can go pretty easy and and kind of probably follow the match card to actually fit my top three together. <laughs> Yeah. But ultimately, yeah, this I was very happy with this episode of NXT, and I, I, for the first time in a long time, I devoted all of my attention to NXT instead of video games in NXT, uh, Netflix in NXT, you know, cooking food or getting Taco Bell in NXT, and putting my phone next to me while I drive through the drive-through. It was just strictly NXT this week. Um, so yeah, um, maybe that's why I liked it more. Because <laughs> you were paying attention. What yeah. a weird concept. All right. So the AEW, uh, we, I think we came to a consensus. They lost this week. Uh, so I'm going to start with moment number three. We do the top three moments each show. <sighs> moment number three for all elite wrestling, man. I think it was uh, how we started the show. We got MJF's crony Wardlow fighting... Uh, the biggest member of Jurassic Express, which isn't hard to do. Uh, if you are over 5'5 five five and over a buck 80, you are the biggest person on the team. But it was Wardlow versus the Luchasaurus. Uh, this was a, a match of two hosses. Um, another one of those examples where, you know, as we get further and further into the future, further and further away from 80s and 90s wrestling, uh, these large guys are so hyper-athletic. Uh, it's, 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 it's sometimes tough to even have smaller wrestlers on the card because the big wrestlers can do what the little wrestlers can do. Um, and whether that's, you know, Wardlow easily frolicking over the top rope with ease, uh, whether it's Luchasaurus doing a standing shooting star press onto a mass of bodies, uh, because this was a, um, uh, lumberjack match, uh, for reasons Tony Schiavone never explained, but he said, if you've never seen a, lumberjack match it looks like this <laughs> there was people all around the ring uh wardlow won 
just to kind of, you know, continue this feud, if Luchasaurus wins, that means MJF and Wardlow, you know, kind of swirl into the abyss, and instead they got to win over a pretty popular team. So that's my moment number three. That moment number three from next Extra Toes Wrestling. <laughs> Uh, I, I think for the third week in a row, Santos Escobar is on my list of, of top three moments from NXT. Maybe four weeks in a row, actually, now that I, I start to think about this. Um, but this is just, this is a killer gimmick. This is something that, that we're not uh, just going to ignore the Cruiserweight title. And um, they're going to start building some other cats. So Jake Atlas getting in there. He had that cute little storyline with Drake uh, Maverick when, when the tournament first got started. So... This looks like uh, it was an opportunity to continue to build Santos, uh, but also let everybody know that Jake's not anything to forget about either. So this was more about just some great wrestling, but I got to give kudos to the fact that this storyline hasn't been dropped. They haven't skipped a week. They're still building Escobar, and uh, what I'm hoping will just be the uh, NXT's version of um, the Dark Order. Sounds good. Uh, You're number man. two? My number two for All Elite Wrestling uh, was something that was a little surprising. Uh, last week, they kind of teased Colt Cabana teaming up with uh, Mr. Brody Lee. Um, so they did get their tag match, but their opponents uh, kind of came out of nowhere. It was uh, the bad, bad boy, I think. he's. <laughs> I can't keep track that there's super bad and there's the badness and bad boy. Uh, Joey Janela, um, in all his Pippi Longstocking uh, gl glory, Tech team with Sonny Kiss, who has not been getting a lot of television time. He's been on a lot of uh, AEW Dark on YouTube. But what was kind of fun about Janela and Sonny, even though they had to job out to Colt and Brody to, you know, further the Brody Lee uh, uh, Dark Order um, faction that they're building, Janela and Sonny actually got some time. They got a little vignette before the match uh, where they go to a gas station to get Slurpees. Uh, Janela steps inside, and while he's inside, Sonny Kiss is uh, questionably looks like he's the the victim of a, a hate crime. Um, they don't really tell you which thing that the people attacking him are upset about, whether it's his his skin color, uh, whether it's his. Um, you know, being kind of flamboyant. Uh, they don't really say which one, but they attack him for that reason. And he's able to defend himself, but he's outnumbered. So Joey runs out with beef jerky and Slurpees falling out of his hands, and the two of them do damage to these, um, uh, you know, uh, weird, xenophobic, uh, homophobic, racist, bad, bad guy wrestlers who just came out of nowhere. Um, so it was just kind of cool to see Sonny and Janelle actually get more than TV time, they actually got time to cut, you know, like a little promo. And as they're driving away, um, they kind of, they kind of turned to each other and said, "I could get used to this." And they didn't have to make any weird WWE level, you know, lowbrow humor about them dating. It just seemed like they were friends with a common interest, so it was just kind yeah. of fun to see. Matt, that brings us to moment number two. Uh, NXT. Yeah, for me, I. I... As much as I love Santos Escobar, nothing compares to my love of Dexter Loomis right now and what they're doing. Kind of, I love. I didn't realize his theme song was like Stranger Things. That's really cool. Yeah, 
and, and that's what like I was thinking. Oh, this sounds just like Mass Effect. Like it, it's 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 such a cool sound, and it really helps sell this character. And uh, helping sell it is Mauro Ranallo. If you listen to him during the entrances of Dexter Loomis, he really is doing like a hundred percent. Like <laughs> I should. I, how do I want to say this? Um, it just the the sell job that's required of an announced team for every single wrestling match. Um, it. it it, it's very important. We know that. But what, what Morrow does for Dexter Loomis just during his entrance is huge. But um, it, it's, a, it's a fun storyline. It's something that's a little outside of the box. Roderick Strong is really afraid to get in the ring with Dexter Loomis. And I'm hoping that this is something that just carries forward uh, with whoever Dexter's going to feud with next. But um, next week they're doing a strap match, so Roddy's not getting away. And I'm, I'm sure I'm, that'll be in my top three for next week. But... Um, I, I'm just really enjoying like the the matches that this guy puts on. He he's got this. Um, you know, we were talking about the Undertaker at length. I mean that the way that he carries himself in that ring is just he moves slow and it's everything's you know very thought out. And then when you're not ready, he wraps you up and and puts you in his uh, chokeholds. And it's man, it's a it's it's a thing to watch. Like this is a real talent being put together uh, right before our eyes. So I'm I'm excited to see what comes next for Dexter. So, uh, Mike, you're number one. I'll uh, before we do the number ones, we like doing an honorable mention, and I'm not putting it number one. I don't even really put it in the list because it was just kind of eh. Um, but it was Orange Cassidy and Jericho doing a quick promo, uh, just kind of close the show Wednesday night. Um, I'd say the one highlight, because they kept the mic out of Cassidy's hands, he's supposed to keep up being uh, the King of Sloth style, so he doesn't talk. Um, just Jericho saying that if you do those stupid kicks on my shins, I'm going to punch your teeth down your throat. Um, so it's just kind of fun that they're both being self-aware, getting away from the silliness and offering violence. Uh, Cause that's how the segment ended. They were throwing each other through the barricades, things like that. Uh, it was just kind of, you know, I wanted to hear from Cassie. I didn't get it. Uh, number one was an actual wrestling moment in AEW. Cause it was SCU uh, stepping up, doing battle with FTR. Uh, and I, you know, the announced team sold it. This is a match that got multiple commercial segments, so it was allowed to, you know, kind of marinate. It was allowed to breathe a little bit. Um, and then at the at the end, uh, we got the uh, reintroduction of the Lucha Bros, who've been gone for too long. Um, so at Fighter Fest, it, it looks like it, it's going to be a pretty nice treat for us. Uh, we're going to get um, the Blade and the Butcher, teaming up with Lucha Bros against FTR and the Young Bucks. So it's just sometimes, you know, if you watch a lot of WWE TV like we do, you, you kind of wonder what had, uh, what happened to the tag teams in this company. Uh, AEW, you know, at least is going to give us, you know, four of the better tag teams, you know, under their umbrella, all in one match. It's going to be pretty sweet. Well, well, Matt, your honorable mention in uh, number one? Um. I, I didn't know I needed an honorable mention. So my number one is Keith Lee beating up uh, uh, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Um, this this isn't a surprise. This is something that I probably could have made. You know, I, I probably could have said this will be my number one a week ago. Uh, it was, 
I, I think it was what it was billed to be. Uh, I mean, you get a triple threat with these three talented pro wrestlers. Uh, I'm, I'm not one who's a huge fan of any of their promo skills. So um, I, I think what matters right now, though, is that Keith Lee's going to get this shot to be a champion uh, or a double champ. Um, I, I desperately need Keith Lee to win um, against Adam Cole because I don't want to hear Adam ever utter the phrase champ, champ, baby again that was the most cringy i need to copy becky and bailey i don't have an idea for myself um nickname so for the love of god keith lee win in two weeks so i don't have to hear champ champ baby ever again but i i will say for this this keith lee match i i did go in kind of thinking i i i think i'd be okay with anybody winning this match because uh, we're not going to be like pissed, like oh my god, I have to watch Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole fight again. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it would it would have just been another great match, uh, just with some different you know fuel to 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 light the flame. Uh, Finn Balor, kind of the same story there. But once it started wrapping up and we got to the end and we saw some finishers, I desperately wanted Keith Lee to land the the pin. Like I, I it was kind of one of those things where when you flip the coin in the air and you don't really know what you want with something until uh you know you say heads i'm going to taco bell tails i'm going to kfc and uh it's it's when you flip the coin that you know you know what you really want you know you want it to land head taco bell every time uh and and when uh we saw the coup de gras at the end of that match i was like keith uh, keith lee (laughs) it's like uh finn balor was my quarter that was tossed in the air and that's that's how I knew. That's how I knew I needed it to be Keith. Um, okay. Oh, man, my new laptop has uh, face recognition, so you can't log into my laptop unless you got this face, so you got to cut it off. You got to kill me and cut it off to get in there. But um, <laughs> it just recognized that I was standing here and went, oh, my God, you want to do something here. Um, anyway, sorry. It scared me. That's why I brought it up. Uh all right, so that's that's the our Wednesday Night Wars. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah, for bed. Yeah, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Check us out at BOD Podcast on Twitter, brothers underscore uh, of underscore discussion on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now, it's right underneath me. Please hit that button. Um, and everybody that's been watching can't thank you enough uh, head on over to BODpodcast.com and at the top of the bar you can click on that link and get um, and the promo code BODpodcast get two uh, buy two get one free on, oh my god I need to go to bed buy two get one free on CBD products from CBDmedic.com and um, what's the other thing oh anchor.fm we do have a community of support that you can um, pretty much donate to the brothers of discussion and we're doing our best to make this content a little bit better for you so I do have my new laptop but uh, wasn't ready to roll tonight but it'll be ready to roll soon enough and we'll be able to go live we'll be able to talk to you we'll be able to get all this stuff done alright everybody thank you for tuning in and have a good one oh yeah